0: anxious for this night because I just feel like God is really giving me a word and he really wants us to start off this new year with getting things in order so that he can use us and and speak to us. Like we've been hearing in our series at church, you know, listening to God's voice and have him speaking to us. And tonight I just want to talk about peace and what is it in your life that's stealing your peace. Um, When you lay down to go to sleep at night, do you, can you just lay down and have sweet dreams? Or do you have a million thoughts running through your head? Not just normal thoughts like, what do I have to do tomorrow? Where do the kids have to be? You know, that's normal stuff that we all think of. But do you have, like, just this overwhelming sense of worry or anxiety? Um, you just can't get your, your thoughts under control. Um, maybe it's, you're just feeling fearful. You're full of strife. Maybe you're in conflict with someone and you go over conversations in your head, right? You just, oh, I should have said this or I should have said that. And maybe it's a coworker. There's something going on at work and you just can't get it out of your head and it's just consuming you. But what is it right now that's stealing the peace in your life? Because if you've surrendered your life to Christ, he wants you to live in peace and he's promised in his word that he will give you peace. But there's also an enemy out there The devil, whose plan is to steal our peace and get us off course so that we won't fulfill the plan that God has for us. And in John 10 10, Jesus said, The thief comes only in order to steal and kill and destroy, but I came that they might have life and enjoy life and have it in abundance to the full or till it overflows. So the devil came, is coming here to steal and kill and destroy. And Jesus is here saying, I want you to have life and have it abundantly. So if the devil can get us to constantly worry, be full of fear, be depressed, filled with anxiety, we're going to waste all of our time and energy thinking on those things, and it's going to steer us off course. So I don't know about you, but I'm tired of Satan ripping us off. Amen? Amen? He's stealing our joy. He's stealing our marriages, our kids, our passion for Christ. And we need to stand up and say, no longer. We have to quote that verse, that abundant life that God wants to give us. I came to give you life and life more abundantly. So it's time that we recover what is ours. And there's a great story in 1 Samuel about David and his men. And they entered a town called Ziklag, And what had happened is their enemy, the Amalekites, had come into their town and they had just destroyed it. They burned the city. They captured all the women and children. And we're going to pick the story up in 1 Samuel 30, verse 4. It says this, David and his men burst out in loud wails. They wept and wept until they were exhausted with weeping. David's two wives, Ahinoam and Abigail had been taken prisoner along with the rest. And suddenly, David was in even, even worse trouble. There was talk about the men, among the men, bitter over the loss of their families, of stoning him. So he got to the city, everything's taken, the wives and kids are gone, the city's burned, and then his men are turning on him, okay? And they want to kill him. And so what does David do? In verse 6, it says, David strengthened himself with trust in his God. I love that. He didn't give up. He said, "You know what? I've got to strengthen myself in God." Verse eight, then David prayed to God, "Shall I go after these raiders? Can I catch them?" The answer came, "Go after them. Yes, you'll catch them. Yes, you'll make the rescue." So skipping down to verse 16, it said, "He led David to them. They that's the Amalekites, the enemy. they were scattered all over the place, eating and drinking, gorging themselves on all the loot they had plundered from Philistia and Judah. And next, what happened is, says David pounced. He fought them from before sunrise until evening of the next day. None got away except for 400 of the younger men who escaped by riding off on camels. David rescued everything the Amalekites had taken, and he rescued his two wives. Nothing and no one was missing, young or old, son or daughter, plunder or whatever. David recovered the whole lot. He herded the sheep and cattle before them, and they all shouted, David's plunder! Okay, so why am I telling you this story? I'm telling you this story because the moment came when David and his men chose to get up and go after stolen property. Today, we need to do the same thing. We need to stand up and say, Wait a minute. I'm not going to just stand by and hand over my joy. I'm not going to give up on my calling. I'm not going to give up on my son, my daughter, my husband, my friend, my potential. Can I tell you that Satan has no feelings of sympathy for you? None whatsoever. And if you don't resist him, he will rip you off every day, every week, every year for the rest of your life. Now, several years ago, I went through a really dark time in my life. And Satan was ripping me off of my joy, and a lot of other things, and it lasted many, many months, and I've shared this a little bit before, but I just feel like it bears repeating because I think there's a lot of women dealing with this issue, and I went through a period of anxiety, and for those of you that have never dealt with anxiety, I am so happy for you, okay, because it is a really dark place to be. I wouldn't wish it on anyone. Um, It's kind of hard to explain, but it's like you are excessively worried. You're, like, restless. You can't focus. Um, You have an unrealistic view of your problems. Um, I couldn't even sit down and, like, watch a television show or a baseball game or anything. I couldn't focus. I was constantly just in this state of worry. And at night, I would lay down and go to sleep try to go to sleep and it was like I, this feeling of dread just like came on me and it was really oppressive and I couldn't sleep and all, you know my heart would start to race and I would think you know like oh I'm gonna be sick or I'm not gonna be able to breathe and I actually a couple times had to get a, a paper bag and breathe into the paper bag I was like hyperventilating and it was really scary And you've heard people maybe talk, you know, heard somebody say I had a a panic attack or an anxiety attack. Well, one time we were um, coming back from California, we were at a a church trip, and um, this was when I was working full time and I needed to be back the next day for work. And we were running late. I think it was a connecting flight that was late or something. And so we were running to catch our next flight. And we had to run. Of course, it was the furthest gate all the way across the airport. And I was running. We ran, ran, ran all the way there. We got to the gate. And they said, you just made it. And I, like, fell to my knees. And seriously, my heart, I thought I was going to have a heart attack. I was just so concerned about getting on this flight. So we made the flight. We got home, back to the airport. And we were standing at baggage claim. And all of a sudden... Again, my heart just started going crazy. I got really dizzy. I started to faint, and I I didn't know what was happening. I thought I was having a heart attack or something. I didn't know. And the EMTs came over, and they actually took me by ambulance to the hospital. And um, I was in the hospital most of the night till about 4 a.m., and they hooked me up to everything and checked everything out, and they're like, you know, everything seems to be fine. And the crazy part is that I was so worried about missing work the next day that I was at the hospital all night, so I missed work the next day. (laughs) You know, it's like, how crazy is that? I'm like, I gotta go to work, I gotta go to work. Oh, and I worked myself up into this panic, and I didn't know at the time, but I had had an anxiety attack. And, you know, the doctors didn't tell me that, um, but I went and I had the stress test and I took everything, and I was perfectly fine. My heart was fine. And so that was kind of the beginning of my time of anxiety, And I just wanted to share that with you and let you know what I learned through that time and how I came out of that time. And the first thing that I learned is that you have to recognize the lies that the enemy is throwing at you. If you are depressed, if you are full of worry and strife, if you are constantly in a state of, you know, just gossip or negativity or jealousy, or if you have a bad self-image. I mean, I know we all have a hard time with that, but if it just consumes you, um, you know, if you worry about your kids all the time. I know people that are just like constantly worried about their kids and they won't let them do anything and they're just so protective. Realize that these are coming from the enemy who's the father of lies. Now John eight forty four says, The devil was a murderer from the beginning, not holding to the truth, for there is no truth in him. When he lies, he speaks his native language, for he is a liar and the father of lies. The Bible also says that we should not be ignorant of his schemes. 2 Corinthians 2.11 says, For we are not unaware of his schemes. And one of his schemes is to build these strongholds in our life. And my anxiety had become a stronghold. Now, the definition of a stronghold is a fortress or an area dominated or occupied by a special group. And basically what it it means is, a stronghold is a wrong mindset and thought pattern that are based on lies, and they enable the enemy to dominate certain areas of our lives. I'm going to say that one more time. Strongholds are wrong mindsets and thought patterns that are based on lies. They enable the enemy to dominate certain areas of our lives. I think eating disorders are a huge stronghold in our society. You know what? These lies come into these young girls' heads and they say, you are not good enough. You are not skinny enough or pretty enough or whatever. And these lies just start to build in their head until they actually see someone that's not even there. And we have to recognize these, this is a lie from the enemy because God created you in his image. You are so beautiful, No matter what you look like, that's how he created you to be. And so these lies, we have to recognize them for what they are. So, you know, money can be a stronghold. Maybe you're always thinking about money. What can I get next? Oh, I got to make more money, more money. Maybe it's the opposite. Maybe it's we have no money. We don't have a job right now and you're just excessively consumed with worry. Where's our next meal going to come from? God doesn't want us to be in any of those places where we're so consumed with negative and wrong thoughts. So whatever it is that's consuming your thoughts in a negative way is a stronghold that needs to be broken. So how do we do that? So the next step, after recognizing the lie, the second thing we have to do is set our mind on truth. Colossians 3.2 says, set your mind on things above, not on earthly things. And I'm reading a book by Joyce Meyer right now, and it's called Power Thoughts. And she has a great... um, a great way of explaining this about setting our minds. I just want to read a little bit of what she has here. She says, Setting your mind is probably one of the greatest and most beneficial things you can learn to do. To set your mind means to make up your mind firmly. Wet concrete can be moved with ease and is very impressionable before it dries or sets, but once it does set, it is in place for good. It cannot be easily molded or changed. The same principle applies to setting your mind. To set your mind is to determine decisively what you will think, what you believe, and what you will or will not do, and to set it in such a way that you cannot be easily swayed or persuaded otherwise. Once you set your mind according to the truth of God's principles for a good life, you need to keep it set and not allow outside forces to reshape your thinking. To set your mind does not mean to be narrow minded and stubborn, because we should always be open to learning, growing, and changing but we must constantly resist the temptation to conform our thoughts to the world and its ideas. To set your mind on things above means to be firm in your decision to agree with God's ways of living, no matter who may try to convince you that that's wrong. So whatever challenges you the most, decide now that you're going to set your mind for total victory. Okay? You might have to give yourself a little pep talk, and that's okay. Maybe make sure there's not other people around. Um, I do that a lot. I did that for tonight. I go up in my room and tell the kids and mom not to come upstairs, and I shut the door to the bedroom, and I just kind of give myself a little pep talk, like, tonight's going to be awesome. You're going to do good. You're not going to get lost in your notes. You know, just give, give myself a little pep talk. And you can do that too. That's okay. Just, you know, set your mind. Say, you know what? I am not going to gossip. I am not going to overeat. I am going to live to please God. I'm going to think positive thoughts, right? And this is not, oh, think positive. Everything's going to happen great. It's not that, you know, some people might try to discourage you and tell you, oh, that's just like mind control. You're just trying to speak it into existence. That's not what I'm talking about. God's word does tell us to control our minds. Philippians 4, 8. One of my favorite verses says, Finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. I love that verse. God is telling us what we should be thinking about. And if thoughts come into our head and they're not good and lovely and pure, then it's not what we need to be thinking about if we determine to set our minds up for success, we'll be able to stand up against temptation easier too. Uh, we are doing this um, three-week fast. It's called Awake 21. And we're doing this fast for three weeks, and everyone's doing something different. And for the whole three weeks, I decided to give up pop because I usually drink like two or three cans of pop a day. And, you know, Diet Coke, Diet Mountain Dew, Diet Dr. Pepper. Oh sounds really good right now. But I'll have some water since that's all I've been drinking for the last two weeks. But we, I determined three, two weeks ago, I'm not going to have pop for three weeks. You know what? And I wasn't like, well, I'm going to try not to have any, but like if we go to eat, you know, I'll just have to have one. Or No, I set my mind. I'm not going to have any for three weeks. And that makes it easier when the temptation comes to say, nope, I've determined, I've set my mind, I'm not going to do that. So after we set our minds, there's one last step, and this one is really key. And that is, we need to renew our minds. Romans 12.2 says, Do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good pleasing and perfect will now renewing comes by using our weapon okay god's word that's our weapon and that's what we're going to use to fight off the lies second corinthians 10 4 and 5 says the weapons we fight with are not the weapons of the world on the contrary they have divine power to demolish strongholds there's that word Okay? God's word is going to help us demolish those. We demolish arguments and every pretension that sets itself up against the knowledge of God, and we take captive every thought to make it obedient to Christ. That is such a powerful verse. The word of God is our weapon. It has divine power to break strongholds. And we need to read it, and we need to meditate on it, And I know sometimes when people hear, ooh, meditation, it sounds kind of new agey or like Eastern mysticism or something. No, meditation actually came from the Bible. So don't even worry about that. It just means to think on it. Think on it over and over. Speak it out. And I have to tell you that that is what broke the stronghold of anxiety in my life. And that is what is going to break it in yours. I really believe that. I meditated on God's word I wrote down all the verses that dealt with peace. I spoke them out loud. I claimed them for my life. And I made up a card for you, and it was on your chair. And I had one. What did I do with it? Can you grab me? Thanks, Mandy. And this, these were my, this was my weapon to use, okay? When I was going through my darkest time, I had these on note cards all around the house, stuck in my Bible, in my purse. I had them at work, you know, stuck up in my cube. And these verses are so powerful. I just want to read a few of them. Psalms 4.8. I will lie down in peace and sleep. For you alone, O Lord, make me dwell in safety. Psalm 29.11. The Lord will give strength to his people. The Lord will bless his people with peace. Um, I want to skip down to if Philippians 4, 6, and 7. This was my verse. It says, Be anxious for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God, and the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds. It's so special to me because I took this verse and I broke it down and I said, God, you promised that your peace would guard my heart. You promised that. And I would speak this verse over and over and over and say, God, you promised that your peace would guard my heart. And that is what got me through and broke that stronghold in my life because his word is true. And it is our weapon. And I want you to know that whatever you're going through, you can go to his word and you can find help for whatever you're going through. There's a great resource that I wanted to let you know. It's called BibleGateway.com. And it's a great website where you can type in any any word, and it'll bring up all the Bible verses dealing with that. It's so cool. I mean, you type in fear, like I've never done that one. (laughs) You know, it's like perfect love casts out all fear. I have not given you a spirit of fear, but power and love and a sound mind. Greater is he that's in me, that's he that's in the world. You know what? Those are our weapons. And that's what we have to use to fight against this. I'll tell you another thing that really helped me is when I would lay down at night and I was struggling and trying to sleep, and sometimes it's even hard to read because it's hard to concentrate, but I just would start praying for other People. And that really helped me so much, not even praying for myself. It just got my mind off of me, and I just started praying, God, there's so many needs out there, and I would think of the needs at church or maybe in my family or people that I knew, and that really helped me as well, just standing on his word, and then just pray for others. You know what? Because it takes everything off of you, and it just turns it over. So that was another thing that really helped me. And when the lies start to come back, because they will, You just take those thoughts captive and you throw them out and you say, you are an uninvited guest and you are not welcome here, right? Do you ever have those thoughts that just come into your head? You're like, where did that come from? You know what? If it's negative, you say you are uninvited and you will leave, okay? You are not welcome here. That's what we need to do. And renewing your mind is not like renewing your driver's license, okay? It doesn't take 10 minutes and then you're done for the next five years, all right? It takes discipline, and it's a continual process throughout the rest of your life, but it's something that we need to learn to do. And young girls, if you're in here now, oh my goodness, if I could have learned this when I was your age, this is your weapon no matter what you're going through in life. You can get through because of his word. I really want you to get that and hear that tonight. It takes discipline. It does. It's, It's hard to take our thoughts captive because we love it when... We just like to kind of wallow in self-pity and sometimes a thought will come in like, oh, you're no good, nobody likes you, you don't have any friends, and you're like, yeah, and you just sit and you just let it keep going <laughs> in your head and we do that. I mean, I used, this is so crazy, I used to hear an ambulance go by and I'd be like, oh my gosh, oh no, what if that's to my house? And like, you'd like drive home and make sure everyone's okay, you know? It's like, say a little prayer, say, God, wherever that's going, be with, you know, help those people, Whatever. But we just let our thoughts run away, don't we? I mean, oh, I wonder what my husband's doing. I wonder if there's somebody at work that, you know, he really thinks is hot or something. Or I don't know. You just, your mind can go crazy and you think, oh, I bet he's spending a lot of time with her because whatever. And we just let our thoughts just run away. And we let them affect our moods and everything in our house. And it's like, no, you got to take that captive. That's an uninvited guest. That is not what God wants. So know that it takes discipline, but it's so worth it. The rewards are so amazing. God's peace, free from worry and strife and strongholds, whatever it is in your life that's consuming your thinking, God doesn't want that there. He doesn't want to hold you down. And every night now when I lay down to go to sleep, I just say, thank you, Lord, for healing my mind and renewing my mind. Because through that dark time, I can't even tell you, There was times when I felt like I didn't really want to live anymore because it's so consuming. And I'm just so thankful that his word was able to free me from that, and I know he wants to free a lot of you from that as well. If you want that same peace tonight, you can have it through Christ. We're his daughters, right? I said in the beginning, we're all daughters of the king, and he loves us so much. And he wants nothing more than us to have peace in our lives. He only wants good things for us. And I'm not saying that life's going to be perfect because it's not. We're going to have hard times. We're going to have trials. But we can have the peace throughout the trial. The peace that the world doesn't know. So I want us to realize that it's time to take back what's ours, okay? There's stolen property out there. There's stolen time. The devil has stolen so much of our time and energy, and it's time for us to say no more. We're going to recognize the lies of the enemy. We're going to set our minds on truth, and we're going to renew our minds with his word. And I know tonight that there's a lot of people in here That have strongholds. And I really want the next few minutes just to be a time of prayer and just releasing those over to God and say, you know what? I'm going to set my mind on His truth and I'm going to start tonight to renew my mind. And it's not like a quick one time thing. It might be God might just totally deliver you from it tonight, but we have to keep that renewal going through His Word. And so I'm going to ask the worship team to come up at this time and they're just going to play some worship. And the prayer teams are going to come up. So let's just stand all over this place right now. And I just really want all of us just to look inside and say, God, what is it that is stealing my peace right now? What is it that I need to lay down so that I can concentrate on moving forward in you, what you have for my life, all the good things you have for me, the good things you have for my family. And I want us to just do business tonight. I don't want us to leave until we have prayed about it. You can pray with a friend. I'd love for you to come up. Prayer teams, you can come on up and um, pray with some of these prayer team members. But don't leave until you take time to say, God, please just help me, you know, get rid of this stronghold. I want to set my mind on you. So let's just concentrate on that right now. We'll take a few minutes and just spend some time in prayer. And, uh, You know, these prayer teams will be here and they'll stay until everyone's been prayed for. So let's just take a little bit of time of worship right now. And please don't leave until um, you've just broken through with what God has for you tonight, all right? God bless.